Today, we're going to talk about who, how, and what to do when you have nowhere to go to supercharge your business. This is Dennis Plintz, and this is the Hustle Podcast for real estate agents. With over 15 years of experience and over a thousand homes sold, this is the place I'm going to share my experiences, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Everybody and anybody that wants to push their business to the next level, let's go. I think when I got out of real estate school, I know the thing I was most terrified about was, who am I going to talk to? How am I going to talk to them? And what am I going to do to get started, to get momentum, to get commission checks coming? That's what this episode is about. Everything that they essentially didn't teach me in real estate school that I learned mostly the hard way and some of it relatively easily around how to get momentum and get started and how to get out there, how to get out of my basement, you know, makeshift home office. That's what this episode is about. So let's get started. The The first day I was licensed, well, the first day I was actually driving to real estate school licensing program to take the exam, um, I, I was on the way and I took a certain route from our current house at that time or, or our then current house. And I drove by a listing that I knew I was getting because I knew who owned it and it was something I discussed with them already. Um, Pause. I highly recommend you are building the momentum before you take the exam. The minute you decide to take this career seriously, start telling people about it. Be excited. Be out there. So anyway, one of the people I had talked about, uh, talked to about my career said, for sure, when you're done, you get my listing. I'm excited. The day I'm driving to real estate school, I drive by thinking about this first listing and I see a Remax sign up. And I wasn't going to be working at Remax, by the way. I went into that exam a little rattled, um, and I finished the exam with 90-something percent, very excited, but needless to say, I was sad. I was scared. I was um, bitter. And that is the reality of getting started in this business. You know, the things we think are going to work out, I guess a lot like life for me, the things we have counted on most, the things we're most excited about, aren't always the things that come through. And when they don't, it hurts. So that hurt. I want to help you avoid that, help you prepare for that, um, and help you do better than I did because I didn't handle handle that all that well. But if you read about it in my book, which I'd love for you to pick up, uh, it's called Hustle. It will help you massively. I tell that full story. Good news, I got that listing in the end after the bitterness and rejection and fear. But I did a lot of things to get started um, with momentum, and you need to. I'm going to compare all of this content here to camping in the winter in Canada. If you are listening and you're from Canada, let me know. That's like amazing. Uh, And if you've never been to Canada or don't understand, please know that Canada is cold. Like I'm from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. You know, the average temperature, uh, I don't know what, maybe it's 13 degrees or something um, Celsius. So in the winters, we have like minus 20 or 30 days. If you're going to camp in the winter, it's the same as being a real estate person or a professional salesperson. You need to be prepared. And one of the key elements to preparing and surviving in the winter and camping in Canada is a fire. 
And sales and real estate is like having a fire going. You always got to keep the fire stoked. It takes work. You got to have wood in the reserves. You got to be chopping and cutting and adding and prepping. If you're not keeping the fire going and you um, don't plan on keeping the fire going, you're not going to do well. Somebody's going to get hurt. And that's the same with real estate. So how do you keep the fire going in real estate? That's a long intro, but it's good. It's worth it. First off, we're going to talk who, how, what. Who? Who are you going to talk to? Where are you going to go? How are you going to find people? I have talked before about your business card and super weapon and giving out 10 a day of those. I would give them to strangers. I was that bold, which means I was that hungry. Um, And there are more strategic ways to do that. But at the beginning of every day, in the end of every day, the thing that has to be the primary objective for me today, and it was back then when I started, is meeting people. You need to be meeting as many people as you can. And there's a lot of strategy around this and thoughts around it. Because the conversations that you have with those people are the conversations that will either quickly turn into business or more likely long-term turn into business. That's like chopping the wood and stacking it. The more conversations you have, the more stacking of wood you can do, the better, the brighter, and the longer that fire is going to burn. But where do you go to meet people? Well, there's three areas. We're going to talk about sphere, strangers, and the internet. Write those down. Sphere of influence, that's friends, family, people you know, strangers, and the internet. Sphere is the place you can most likely set up conversations, but please hear this. They're probably some of the last likely to do business with you. It's a very hard, and as I already said at the beginning, bitter lesson that I had to learn in the business um, from rejection because those people, although they are your biggest supporters, air quotes, they also likely know your failures. You know, that was true for me. It's why that Remax sign went up. Um, and I do not blame her in hindsight or begrudge her, although I did at the time, I was bitter. Um, I understand, you know, it was a massive transaction. And when she explained to me, you know, the circumstances around it, I understood why she made that decision uh, because it was about trust. It's often about experience, and you're going to need to find out how to leverage the experience of others around you. But I didn't at that time. That's why I'm sharing it in a separate podcast. And she made the right decision. And uh, in the end, it did work out. But the disappointment that will come from your sphere is uh, real. But there's a way to approach your sphere. There's a way to tap into them, which we'll uh, talk about. Strangers and the internet. Your friends and your family are the ones that have already received your letter. They've already received your website announcement. They've already gotten some point of contact from you. And now you need to intentionally go out to them. And they need to be the movers and shakers that you know. They need to be strategic. And lastly, maybe they're industry people at some level. If they can be all of those things, movers and shakers, strategic thinkers, business leaders, and somewhat in the industry of real estate, whether it be property managers, mortgage brokers, bankers, financers, lawyers, you know, everybody that you should be talking to has something to do with real estate. They live somewhere. But the more tied to our business they can be, the better for everybody. So think about that as you go through your list. Highlight the people that you think of, that you know, that are connected to. Because, of course, you've already built 
your list. It's, it's targeted, it's organized, it's strategic. And very often we go through our list for the, for things like this, like outreaches or campaigns or coffees or lunches or giveaways or asks, which we do rarely, but we do. And you highlight the movers and shakers. The next list that you can tackle or think about is a list you create. And those are the mentors or the people you want to learn from. And if you think about those people and just keep an ongoing list, I still have one. Uh, I call it people I'm targeting. You know, I want to learn from them. I want to, I want to connect with them. I want to add value to their world, but get value. Think of those two massively important lists, big or small, and then go after them. I've got a lot to share with you on how to do this because it's the bulk of our business, the sphere, the nurturing of our sphere, the nurturing of our database, how I continue to seek out great people is what makes the biggest difference. It's the most wood that we have for the fire that we're burning. The next list that you need to consider uh, is strangers. And we'll come back to sphere in a minute. I'm going to give you a real strategy around, well, each of these groups, the uh, sphere, strangers, and the internet, and how to do it where to approach and how those meetings should go. But uh, for the sake of knowing who I'm talking about, strangers. This group will come from things like door knocking, you know, um, at this stage of our career, uh, going into the final quarter of the best year I've ever had. I door knocked this week. Uh, I am proud of that because I know it's not something a lot of people do. I cold called. And despite all of what people say or critique or do, uh, I was very strategic about how I did it this week. And I would recommend you do the same. Uh, Again, another episode on cold calling and how that should go. It's not really cold. Uh, It's actually the furthest thing, not furthest, but it's, it's the furthest thing from traditional cold calling because we have information available. Door knocking, you know, pick areas or streets or or um, areas that you have a buyer maybe looking or you want to be listing and just knock on the doors. Some of the biggest and best that I know in the business have done this and introduce yourself, have a business card and say nothing other than, I don't mean to bother you, although I probably am. That breaks the ice. I am Bob the realtor, Dennis Plintz the realtor. I'm excited to be working in this area. Just want to give you my card. If you ever have any questions, let me know. I hope you have a great night. It's short. It's sweet. I've got many stories of how our team has done this and, and it's fun and it's terrifying and doors have been slammed, but ultimately a few doors have been opened massively for us from doing this. It's about exposure. It's about conversations. You got to deliver stuff when you go. You got to have stuff prepared. When you show up at their door or when you go to the coffee shop or when you bump into somebody that just mentions real estate, we always have, except when we're out, of course, buyers and sellers packages. That's our story. It's our collateral. It's our, you know, 10 or 20 or 100 page, shorter is better, by the way, story about how we can help them. Have those in your car. Have your business card available. Uh, That's a big one. Uh, Again, another episode on how to make your business card your super weapon. Don't underestimate the power in this. And it's two things. It's what's on it, but it's also how you give it out, the impression you make, and whether or not you should give it out. But you need to have business cards available. Another great way to meet strangers is open houses. 
again, despite the stigma in the industry and, you know, all that fun stuff um, where I'm currently at, it's a main part of our strategic plan as we go into the final leg of this year for me to do more open houses. I had an amazing result at one just three weeks ago. Killed it. Got a listing appointment out of it the next day for a house that was in the neighborhood listed by somebody else. And true reality, consistent story. We interviewed, it went well. They said, oh yeah, but we have somebody coming back tonight. And of course, as we were about to be getting that listing in a few days, that second group that did come with that realtor sold it that night, but good for them. They'd worked on it a long time. That is a double-sided coin or uh, sword that does cut on both sides. Anyway, great connections, had lots of info. I was friendly, I was available. There's lots of strategy around open houses, but this is about knowing it's one of the places to gather wood for your fire. Open houses, be ready, be prepared, be a professional. And connect with the top agents in your office. Let them know you're available. Let them know you would love to do open houses. I will never forget my first month licensed and the open houses I was doing for the top agent in our office. And last but not least is the internet. I say last but not least because this is a massive area for many people and a small area for us. So I'm not going to say much about online lead sources, things like Boomtown, pay-per-click, you know, Trulia, Zucasa, our local real estate brothers, all kinds of places you can pay people to bring you leads through the internet. Um, the reality of this for our group is it's uh, about 5% of our business. So I'm not going to uh, spend any time on it. I'm just going to explore that. If you're technology, uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're tech savvy, go there. Uh, if you're very curious about it, talk to people that do it or just call those companies or the companies that do it. Uh, it's not hard. It's expensive. And I think it's ineffective. And I think it's like putting kindling on fires um, to try and keep a bonfire going. Um, it's expensive and time consuming and a bunch of stuff and I'm not a big fan. But I can tell you the online leads that we generate and have a great return on uh, came uh, early on from a service that was free the first two months. You can try this. You must have this. It's called live chat. It's that live chat uh, functionality in your website. When a visitor comes, you or your team's logo pop up. I prefer your team logo and not a picture of you for lots of reasons, another episode. But when that pops up, you get a notification and within seconds, if you don't answer it, it needs to be seconds, the team gets notified. We've had a huge amount of success from this. In the first month we did it, we had two leads that turned into business. And it's simply because, not because we had it, it's because we use it. We execute. We are ferocious about the response time. You've got to have live chat. And then above that, you've got to be responsive on it. Okay, we've talked about who. There's lots of great places. Just get out and meet people. How? How are you going to do it? How are you going to get in front of these people now that you've decided who they are? Well, you need to fill your calendar quote from uh, Grant Cardone. Highly recommend following him. His stuff is phenomenal. Grant, if you're listening, thank you for everything you've done for me. Um, he talks about white spaces from the devil. And I kind of chuckle because uh, I used to really fear the devil and now I don't at all. But another episode on that separate podcast, another life. White space 
is the devil. It's what kills real estate agents. It's the freedom we love and the freedom that causes us to go broke. So don't fill your calendar with shitty appointments and fun and friendly. Like, let me say, don't not fill your calendar at all. It's the worst thing you can do. You know, we often fly by the seat of our pants and think, ah, we're good at our time, but you've got to fill your calendar strategically. Another great resource that we are like consuming at a massive clip and executing more than anything we've ever done because I've seen the results firsthand and our team is loving it both professionally and personally is called the 12 week year. So the 12 week year is exceptional and um, it's kicking ass for us. It's doing nothing on its own, but what we're doing with it is causing us to kick some serious butt. It's about filling your calendar strategically. So I take a few hours at the beginning of my week to plan out my week. And then I take, you know, somewhere between 15 and 30 minutes a day to plan the next day. And sometimes I got to fight and pull and call and stress about filling and calling and door knocking and open houses and coffees and lunches and all the stuff I'm talking about. But it's what we're doing right now. It's why we're having the best year ever. And it's why we're going to finish by knocking it out of the park. Fill your calendar. It's intimidating, but it's actually really, really, really easy. So here's how we're going to do it. If you take a look um, at your calendar right now, if you open it up or open your phone and you look, how many lunches, how many coffees, how many events do you have scheduled? There should be one a day for sure, if not two. A coffee meeting, a lunch meeting, and then three would be a breakfast meeting. If you're not having those with the movers and shakers in your sphere and your network, then you you are you're not even you're not even looking at the wood pile. Because the pile of wood you've accumulated, the the stumps of wood more that you've accumulated are called your database and they need to be chopped. And if you don't have lot coffees and lunches and dinners and, and meetings booked, then it's just sitting there. It's getting wet and it's not gonna work. You can target people through birthdays, knowing when their birthdays are and sending them gifts and calling them. Put in your calendar. Every day I get notifications on my computer first thing in the morning. And now with our 12-week plan, I'm being judged on how many of those do I actually respond to because I'm not good at it. I get so many notifications of anniversaries for clients and birthdays and anniversaries for kids and weddings. It's crazy. So we've said, how many am I actually tracking? But if you're new, you should have a little more time to do this. Birthdays are a great, a great way that we now have total access through to social and through social and the internet. Do some dinner parties at your house this weekend. We've got two big functions we're hosting: a brunch and a birthday dinner. And if all of that fails, if you can't fill your calendar, then look, just decide who you're going to drop into. I call it dropping in. How many dropping in appointments am I going to have this week? Those ones are great. You know, the the personal drop-in is second to nothing. It's a little awkward. You know, I've had them. I, I get mad when people do it to me. But it sure makes you memorable. The other way to drop in is the next phase or next section here. It's dropping in with phone calls. Being able to phone people is way um, easier and getting on their calendars way easier than trying to schedule a phone call or schedule a meeting. Just phone them. In our office and our team, we call them the random uh, text messages, calls, or emails. How many random drop-ins can you or are you doing with people? Next up, let's 
talk about, I'm just going through my notes, um, how you'll end up connecting with the most influential people in your life and in your business will be very strategic and intentional. All those coffees and lunches and snacks, meetings that you book, they cannot be with people you normally see. They can't be the fun, convenient meetings. They have to be a stretch. And as I've already said, they have to be people that matter to the business. It can't be, you know, my wife, although I do strategically book one very important date with her a week. It can't be those people. Beyond your sphere, the one I love, the mo- I love it more than my sphere, are mentors. I'm consistently accumulating that list of people I'm targeting and I'm consistently seeking out people that are way out of my reach. I actually reached to get, like him or not, Donald Trump at the time of writing Hustle to do the introduction. That was my goal. I didn't get him, um, but he was my goal. He actually got elected around the time the book was coming out, which would have made it, uh, I don't know, well, impossible to reach him, which is maybe the way the universe was helping me. But reaching out to mentors, people you want to learn from, people love sharing their wisdom. And the greatest deals we've done, the biggest commissions in the last few years have come because I reached out to people and and emailed them, text, I'll give you that strategy in a minute, and said, I want to learn from you as I build my career and family. Don't miss that word. It's career and family. People love both. They want to share their failures of divorce and distress, and they want to talk about the private jet they have. you got to connect with mentors. That's... Gosh, I could. I wish I could underline that for you. Find people that you want to stretch to meet with. Now, how do you prepare for these meetings? Once your calendar's full, once you're set out for the course? Well, we've already said you got to have business cards. You have to bring a pen and paper. You need to be prepared. You need to pick up the tab and you need to follow up. Those are my five key takeaways for how I prepare for my meetings. I bring business cards. I bring a pen and a paper always and make it an obvious big yellow pad or now I have really amazing cool notebooks that say hustle on the front. Um, Be prepared. This one here is a subsection where I said in my notes, do your homework, look them up on social, add them as a friend before you meet for sure. That's silliness to think that somebody might not do that. Read their LinkedIn profile, although it's probably outdated. Find their website. Know everything you can about them. It's magical. And this comes because the thing you can never do when you have a chance to meet with anybody is waste time. Theirs or yours. So be prepared. Always pick up the tab. You know, buy the coffee, buy the lunch, uh, even when I could not afford it. Uh, It was actually one of my life goals early on from somebody that every time we went out, they bought beers and lunches. I'll never forget that feeling. Although I I can't remember who they were. They were a friend of my girlfriend's at the time. And and I knew I couldn't afford it. Every time we wanted to go for beers, they drank a lot of beers. And I was like, God, what if I got to pick up the tab? Life goal to this day was to be able to be the one to always pick up lunch. It also makes sure that that um, you're not indebted to them, that you don't owe them anything. But they'll also make sure that they go, man, that guy bought lunch. The more expensive, the better. But it also just feels good. Anyway, pick up the tab. And the last piece in this section is follow up with them. This is the biggest, most fundamental, most costly mistake is not following up. How that follow-up looks is where I'm going to start. You need to send a note right after the meeting. Email them. A quick note. Hey, great to talk to you. 
love chatting about, blah, blah, blah. And here's what I want to do next. Hopefully there's a next action item. But that quick email that I get Siri to help me with goes a long way. So always, always, always follow up with them. And if at that point you haven't added them socially, add them on a social profile. Very, very, very important. Now, how do you set up these meetings is the other part of how to do this. How do you set up meetings with mentors and people you don't know, people you're stretching to get to? Well, the first thing you do is the thing you have had to have done before the meeting, which is research on them. Know who they are that you've written down on your list of who to target. Do your research on them. Send them a brief email that just says, thank you. That's the subject line that I wrote down because it's the subject line that gets opened the most. Thank you. Then thank them for something either personal, like thank you for mentoring me in high school or being my favorite high school teacher or thank you for speaking at the event I saw you at or thank you for be authentic. And if you don't know or don't have a real connection and you just realize that the investment banker that I met with recently was a huge philanthropic person I wanted to meet, I said thank you in the subject line, opened it with, thank you for all the work you've done at Mount Royal University where I graduated. I've always wanted to connect with you and thank you for leading in this city. That led to coffee, that led to lunches, that led to dinners, that led to, right now this year, actually our, our biggest sale. Thank them in the subject line email them and put an ask in the email. I would love to learn from you about business and life so I can fast track my success and minimize the failures or stumbling blocks or whatever's personal. Keep it personally to you, but to to you, but thank them in the beginning, ask them at the end and acknowledge who they are. Once you've sent that email, within the day, 24 hours, you phone them. You do whatever you have to do to get their phone number, to get the meeting, to ask, to say, now it's not a cold call. You said, hey, I just wanted to let you know I sent you an email. You're likely going to get their voicemail. And I wanted to follow up because I'd really love to connect. You can even reiterate the email is what I put. Then after you leave that voicemail, you text them. All of this is in the first 24 hours. Whether you're prospecting a mentor, a friend or family member, somebody on your sphere, the same process can work. There's always a slight tweak depending on what you're doing. And then if that doesn't work, you repeat it the following week. And after two weeks, you drop in on them. Then if that doesn't work, you continue with the process until they ask you to stop or you get a meeting with them. Those are the only two outcomes I accept that I'd encourage you to consider as you are building your list. Now, what do you do at the meeting? This is the final portion for me because I love it. You need to be curious and prepared, okay? So prepared first comes from all the work we've just done. But now go into the meeting curious about them. The questions that I usually have on my yellow piece of paper uh, are the customized ones to them and who they are and the things I just couldn't find out. But you need to be ready so you don't waste their time. And don't be nervous about the questions because questions are what people love. They love talking, most people, especially successful people, about themselves, about their failures, and about their future plans. The questions I always write down. So tell me, where are you from? How'd you get here to this city, to this place in business, to this place in life? How did you get into the business that you're in? What do you love about it? What don't you like about it? Now tell me what you think about real estate. 
And the last silver bullet question. Tell me about your past real estate experiences. What worked and what didn't. This should open, if you're good at conversations, which you're going to need to be, a massive amount of knowledge that you get to tap into. Standard format for my meetings sounds something like the general, a general catch-up before I dive into the questions. A general catch-up is what I put down. You know, how are things? Crazy market we're in. Crazy coffee shop we're meeting in. It's really my favorite. Like general catch-up. Then your questions and be curious about them. Then ask them to help me learn about something in the market or their business. Then I ask them to tell me about their past real estate experience. And getting to that question is what opens up for future conversations. And the last most critical thing to end on after you've gone through the format of the meeting, you've taken lots of notes because by taking notes, you show them that you care. The thing you need to ask them at the end of the meeting is, thank you for your time today. How can I help you? Don't say with real estate. Real estate should be the thing you don't say in your meeting when it comes to you or your business. You can ask them about the real estate market and real estate in general, but don't talk about you and the great things you do. You're going to send them that later. You brag later, they talk now. How can I help you? That's the best that we've got today, 2017, to help you with your business. I wish you all the success you can handle and just a little bit more because you always need more wood for the fire. Whatever I can do to help you, send me a question. I'd love your comments. And as always, please share this. Share it, like it, post it. That goes a massive, uh, massively long way in helping this podcast be what it needs to be and keeps me doing it. It's Dennis at Have a fantastic day.